Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, if we speak the name of Jesus and it's all that we speak, then that will be sufficient for the rest of our lives. For we are gathered here in the holy name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. So Father, have your way through your Spirit in this evening and minister to the hearts of the people through the movement of your Holy Spirit. But let the name of Jesus Christ be lifted up high and be glorified, for He is worthy to be praised. And we all agree and we say, Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. It's wonderful to be in the house of God and such a privilege to have Pastor Harold and Mordia, you know, we who serve under them are so privileged. A man and a woman who walk in the righteousness of Christ and we follow. It's easy to follow. And if you listen to the word that was said tonight, the prophetic word, these words ring in my ears. A prophetic word is not for a moment. It is for a season and for a dispensation. Take heed of that word that was spoken. Because we who are the body of Christ, we know the hour that we are in. We know the signs of the times because the word of God proves it to us. In fact, 1 John 2, 18 says this, little children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that this is the last hour. Let it be known that we are the ones who said it first because this word says it. We know it is the last hour. And for us who are believers, we've got so much to hold on to. So much. So much. And yet we don't realize this. And tonight we're going to find that and we're going to see that. And I'll prove it to you of what we really have. That irrespective of the season and the times that we are in, we have got so much. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, but we all who are believers, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. We are being transformed into that same Glory from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed into that glory. We are being transformed into that glory. Kenneth Higgins said a very true thing. He says this, if the devil can hold you in the sphere or in the realm of your thoughts, in the realm of your thinking, he's going to whip you. But if you hold him in the realm of faith, you will defeat him. Because this is what we have. We have got the victory in Christ. There's nothing that can take that away from us. And we'll prove it shortly. But we, as we build up in the time of Pentecost, building up to it, we know that our Lord Jesus, that he rose from the dead. We know that he appeared to many. We know also that he ascended to heaven. And when I went through this, I remembered when I was a kid, we still celebrated Ascension Day. Yemel Fardach. I don't know how many of you can remember that. When I was a kid, we celebrated that. The Lord ascended to the heavens. 
And then the Spirit was poured out, but something else very significant happened. And this is what we're going to come to in this evening. So please turn with your, in, in, in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 13. I'll refer to quite a few verses there, 13 to 23, to 23 only a couple of verses. Because there's something that we must know as believers. And you probably heard this. But I want you to know tonight that if you take this, if you really take this, then irrespective of the season and the time that we may find ourselves in, we will always have this truth. And no weapon formed against that will ever prosper. So let's read from verse 13. It says there, Matthew 16 verse 13, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am the Son of Man? Who do men say that I am? If I were to ask you, who would you say Jesus Christ is? I'm sure we would have many, many, many answers here. I will tell you who he is for me, and you can tell me who he is for you, and I'm sure we will have many similarities but we will also have differences of who he is. And before I get to that, just pay attention. Finnis Dakes in, in the study notes, just write quickly what some religions say about Jesus Christ. Christian science says this, that Jesus was the offspring of Mary's self-conscious communion with God. But Jesus Christ is not God. Spiritualism, because we are all faced with this nowadays, says that Christ is not the son of God. Any just and perfect being is Christ. The Jehovah's Witness, this is what they say, Jesus Christ was a man, neither more nor less. None other than the archangel Michael. Bahaism says Jesus Christ is only one of many manifestations of God. Mormonism says that Jesus Christ is not the word of God. And the Bible is not inerrant, and it is not complete, and it's not the final word of God. These are faiths out there in the world, just some of them, who proclaim that Jesus Christ is part of their faith. This is what they say. My question is, who do you say is Christ for you? I know who he is for me. I thought long and hard about this. And the more I thought about this, the more things came about. And I came to this realization I cannot define who God is for me just by putting it into a sentence because it is not just a sentence. It is an experience. I know where I come from. I know what was done to save me. I know the wickedness that I was in. I know that for 27 years, I struggled with asthma. They said I would never be rid of that. 27 years, and the Lord set me free. I know what Christ did for me. I know where I stand in Christ, but who is Christ for you? You only can answer that question, who he is for you. Because at the end of the day, whoever he is for you, it has to tie up with an experience that you've had with him and how he ties up with his word. Because if he doesn't tie up with this, then there's no truth in it. You and I know who Christ is for us. And you must be able to say who Christ is for you. Because in the world out there, there are many things. 
and many religions and many people who say a lot of things about who Christ is. And we as the Christian people, I know it greatly aggravates me when I hear of what they say about Jesus Christ today. It is now the cool thing and the in thing to talk about the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot watch a series, you cannot read a book, you cannot listen to an interview where the Lord's name is brought up. And every single time, it is never about the reverential fear of God. They abuse the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and they will suffer because of this. But we cannot be silent about this because Jesus Christ is for me so much more than just what they say of who He is. <laughs> Hallelujah. But who is He for you? I ask you, there where you are right now in your season, where you are in an abusive relationship, who is Jesus Christ for you? You are being victimized at work. Who is Jesus Christ for you? What do you say about that situation concerning Jesus Christ? You are struggling with a child who's suffering from some form of addiction. Who do you say Christ is in your life? And if I see the youth there, you are being bullied at school. You are contemplating suicide. You are struggling with some form of addiction. Who do you say Christ is? Because that must reflect in your lifestyle and who you are as a person and in the words that you speak. They have to mirror one another and it will coincide with what God's Word says, who Jesus Christ is. Because when our Lord Jesus asked His disciples, who do the people say He is? They answered Him. They say He is likened to one of the prophets, Elijah, Jeremiah, and John the Baptist. The best that the world could conjure up concerning Christ was that He was compared to a prophet, a resurrected prophet who did miracles. The revelation had not yet come. And then Jesus goes, our Lord, and you read there in verse 14 what He says. In 15 He says then, but who do you say? Am I? And now our Lord Jesus takes that question and he makes it to you personally. Who do you say? I don't care about people's opinions anymore. Who do you say? I am. And Simon Peter answered him and he said to him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, Jews could not understand who Jesus was. The best that they could think was he was going to come and set him free from the Roman oppression. Even on the Palm Sunday when Jesus went into Jerusalem, when he entered into Jerusalem, they asked him, who is this? And the people that were with Jesus, they answered and they said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet of Galilee. Never once did they say he was the son of God. But seven days later, that picture changed. Because on a cross, a Roman centurion would say, truly, this was the Son of God. And ever since then, we've come to know who Christ is. Here, our Lord Jesus asked the question, and it's the first statement of faith that is made by a disciple when Peter answered this. And Jesus says to him, well have you done, let's read there, he says there, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And now I want to get to verse 18 and verse 19, which is the crux for tonight. Because there are things in these verses that we know, but that we have not really comprehended. It says, verse 18, And I, says our Lord Jesus, 
also say to you that you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build Oikodomeo, my church, Ecclesia. Our Lord Jesus makes something very, very clear here. This was before he went to the cross. He says, I am going to build a church. The disciples must have thought, but what are you talking about? We know the church. We go there every Sabbath. We know the synagogue. This is where the church is. But our Lord Jesus says, I am going to build a church. He was talking about something new. Right there, our Lord Jesus was pointing towards Pentecost. Because when the Spirit was poured out on Pentecost, that morning, the first church service took place with Peter. Our Lord Jesus already was pointing towards Pentecost. A new church was going to be birthed. And who's going to birth this? He says, I, Jesus, is going to start this church. He, his church, no other church. We must know, no matter who and what churches there are out there in the world and who are going to what churches, if it is not Jesus Christ, you are going to a false cult and religion because Jesus said, I will build a church. I will build a church. And listen to what he says next. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against this. What is our Lord Jesus saying? I am going to build a church. And it's not consisting of a building, but of people. But there will come difficulty and hardship. He names it here. He says hell is going to come against the church. He warns us who the enemy is. We must not be dumbstruck or be caught blindsided by knowing who the enemy is. Christ warns us who the enemy is. He says the gates of hell is going to come against the church, but they will not prevail against the church. No matter what is happening in this world, the church is always going to stand. It will remain because Christ made the church come alive in Him. He is the rock, the foundation upon whom the church is built. We are the stones who are building upon that church. The church will never be removed. I love what Christ did here. In spite of all the world, that is happening out there in the world. In spite of everything, all the wickedness that is going out there, he decided, I'm gonna plant my church right in the middle of all of that. In this world, I'm gonna plant my church. And nobody's gonna remove this church. Nobody's going to destroy the church because he says the gates of hell is not gonna prevail against the church. We will have hardship and we will have difficulty, but the enemy is never going to overcome us because we are seated in Christ. We are the church that will never be removed. And Christ said, and you've got to understand this, and this is the revelation, understand this. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, so the church was raised also into newness. As Christ was raised into newness, His church was raised into newness. And just as Christ ascended to the heavens, as He was raptured to the heavens, so the church is going to be raptured into the heavens. It is His church. We are Christ's church. Nobody's going to take us. Nobody's going to destroy us. Nobody's going to overcome us because Christ is gonna take us with Him. Forever we'll be with Him. 
This is who we are. This is who the church is in the hour that we are in. This is what we have. We are anchored in Christ. And right in the middle of all the calamity in this world, of all the troubles, of all the evil that we see, the church will not be overcome. We will stay until Christ comes and takes us with Him. This is our victory. Yes, let's give the Lord a praise offering. Yes. What wonderful truth that is to lean on. I love this. Christ our Lord promises He's not going to let the church be removed. And even when suffering comes, we will overcome. Because in the next verse, listen to what He says. Verse 19. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heaven. What has Christ given to you and me as the church? Forget about what's happening in the world. What has God given us? Through Christ, He's given us keys. Keys are symbolic of authority. We have got all the authority. He's given us the authority to bind and to lose. He gone, he's gone to, the, to, to, to hell to take the keys of, of, of hell and death. Those he's got in his hands. Jesus our Lord dealt with that. Now he gives us, the church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven so that we reign here on earth. This is why he placed his church here on the earth. In spite of all the evils and in the midst of all the wickedness in the world, he placed the church right there in the middle. Why did Christ place the church there? So that the world can have no excuse that Christ is alive, that there is hope when we go to the church because the church is the vehicle that proves that Christ is alive through signs and wonders and miracles, through healing, through restoration, because these are the keys that we have received. We have overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We reign in this life through Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And every tongue... And every tongue that rises against any one of you who believe... Any tongue that rises against you, they will be condemned. Those tongues will be condemned. Isaiah 53 verse 17 says this. This is who we are and this is what we have. This is what we look forward going into Pentecost because we have got so much that the world do not have. And you can understand why the church is so, so pivotal and powerful in the hour that we are in. It is the only vehicle that our Lord is looking at to help the lost out there. It is the only place that He is turning to. He's looking at us in the hour that we are in. Listen, we are are in the house of God. This is His house. We are His people. We are the church. And He's looking at us to make a difference and a change in this world. And the gates of hell is not going to prevail against us because we reign for eternity. Hallelujah. If you are suffering and going through hardship, who is Christ for you? An American writer in a church wrote this about a little boy, a deaf and a dumb little boy. <clears throat> he writes this. We have in our congregation a little deaf and a dumb boy. And on Sunday, he loves to have his mother find for him the words that we are all singing, though the music never thrills his quiet ear nor touches his heart. He looks at the hymn, glides his little finger over every word to the end, until he finds the word Jesus. Then 
he is satisfied and absorbed to the close of the singing. But if the word Jesus is not there, he closes the book and he wants nothing to do with it anymore. This is the power of the name of Jesus Christ for a young little boy, a deaf and a dumb boy. I tell you, we have got something. We have got something that this world don't have. We have got something that every other faith do not have. And that is that we have got the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you how powerful that name is. That name reigns for eternity. That name raised me and you from the dead. That name reigns forever. That name gave us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And forever we will reign in this life through Christ Jesus. I will read you something. Listen, listen, something powerful that Kenneth e. Hagin says of what the Lord showed him concerning the name of Jesus. He says, the Spirit of God said this to me once. Jesus is the one who has a mighty name. The name of the mighty one belongs to the church and to the child of God. Now use your lips to speak forth that name. For that name carries forth authority in heaven and on earth and even beneath the earth amongst men, amongst angels and demons, and they shall obey your voice in that name. We have got that name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And when we speak that name, every knee must bow down. Every stronghold of the enemy will be broken because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. This is who we have. We must never longer walk around in this world as if the world had beaten us or that the world is bettered us. We reign. Forever we will reign. And God says through His Son, Jesus Christ, that this church is not going to happen anything towards it because only Christ has got that power. He's the one who is the head and we are the body. No matter, listen to me, for 2,000 years, the church is still here. For 2,000 years, the enemy has tried everything. Even in the church, they've tried to change things. We know what's happening in the church out there in the world. We know what's happening in the false church, and we know what's happening in the real church. For 2,000 years, the enemy could not silence the church because you and me will forever be with Christ, and the church will not be overcome. Therefore, take up that mantle and that authority when you take those keys of the kingdom of heaven because Christ has given us that victory and forever it will be ours. When Pentecost is coming, we should not walk timidly. We should expect great things to happen. We must expect the presence of the Holy Spirit to come. We must expect signs and wonders and miracles. We must expect a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit because the bride of Christ is alive and it is well with the bride of Christ. Daniel 11.32 says this, coming in for a close. But the people who know their God, they shall be strong and carry out great exploits. You and me, God is waiting for us because we've got to go out and do great exploits. In the name of Jesus Christ, the name above every other name, we're going to do great exploits and the lost will come in. They will come in here and the queues will stand. The words have been prophesied over this church and over this nation. The economy is going to recover. 
Revival is coming from the southern tip of Africa. Going back years now, what was said. Revival is coming to South Africa. We will be not the dark continent anymore. We will be the continent of light because Christ reigns in Africa. 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. I close off with this. In Acts 2 verses 1, Peter took those keys of the kingdom of heaven. And that day, the church was birthed towards the Jews. Eight chapters later, in Acts 10 verses 1, those same keys Peter took. And the kingdom of heaven and the church was opened to the Gentile world. And since that day, since that day, the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing don't you be misled what the world tells us, what the news articles say, what the people out there are saying. We still reign in this life. And we are going to do great exploits for our Lord Jesus Christ because He is the name that is all and everything for us. And nothing shall come against us. Nothing can stand against us. Until the time comes that Jesus take us up with Him, only then will the church be removed. But until then, the church remain. If it's another 2,000 years, we're going to remain because the church will stand. It is based on Christ. He built it and he said that hell will not overcome the church. You have nothing to fear. You must walk in boldness. You must not fear what the enemy throws at you. Speak over your situation, the name of Jesus Christ, by faith what it is. Don't take what the enemy brings at you because you have overcome the enemy in Christ already. Yes, glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to ask that you please bow your heads for me. Because there are people that perhaps have never made this confession in your own life. Perhaps you do not even know that you are part of the body of Christ. Perhaps you do not know what authority that you have in Christ Jesus. If you've never made this confession, have never called on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as in Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, where you confess with your own mouth, not someone else's, not reading it in a book, with your own mouth, you make that personal confession that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, that He's the Son of God and God the Father raised Him from the dead. If you've never made that confession, then I want to extend this invitation to you tonight because it's you, the VIP for tonight, that we want to enter and welcome into the kingdom of God. If there's any person here who has not made that confession, may you please just raise your hands for me. I would like to see where you are. You are that important. Please raise your hands for me where you are. And together with that, thank you. Any person who right now where you are, you're going through hardship and difficulty and you feel that you've stepped off from the path that the Lord has put you on. You feel you've become lukewarm, perhaps backslidden. Perhaps you're not where you're supposed to be in your prayer life. Perhaps you haven't touched the Word of God in a while reading what God says to you. If that is you, I want to ask that you also raise your hand for me. You are that important. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Please keep your hands up for me. If you want to make a comeback to God, this is the last I want to say concerning this invitation. If you want to make a comeback to God, you feel you want to increase 
the call of God upon your life and you want to draw closer to Him, you're not where you're supposed to be, then this invitation is for you as well. Please raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you. Can I ask? Can I ask? Those people, please stand for me. You are that important that we want to specifically want to come and pray for you. And I invite you, please come to the front for me. Please. And let's welcome them. Let's encourage them. Thank you. Please come forward. Thank you. It is your night tonight. It is your night tonight. You are that important. God is, He loves you so much that tonight He's put this date down as tonight is the night that your life is going to change. We've got all ashes behind them. Wonderful, wonderful. I want to say to all of you, listen to me. You've made the most important decision of your life. From here on, your life is never going to be the same. When you're anchored in Christ, when you're anchored in Christ, nothing's going to shake you. Stay with God. Find yourself in His Word and connect. Don't walk this road alone. All right. All of us, let's raise our hands to the heavens. And you here in the front, raise your hands to the heavens as well. And repeat these words after me. For the punishment of my peace was upon Jesus Christ. And by His stripes, I am healed. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. And write my name in God's Lamb's book of life. In Jesus Christ's name we pray this. And all of us agree and we say, Amen. Let's give God a praise offering. The heavens rejoice. The heavens rejoice because your names are written in the heavens. Congratulations. Now please, will you just turn for me to your left hand side, your heart side. And please follow that pastor. And these people behind you just want to share something with you briefly and congratulate you. Amen. Yes. It is the last hour. There's no two ways about this. It is the last hour that we are in. And you must never, never, ever go into the day again knowing, knowing how powerful you are because of who you am in Christ and what you have and that you are part of the church will not be shaken. It will not be moved. Only Christ Himself, our Lord and Savior, will move us into the heavens. I, I do, I do feel in my heart this. There are people here it's really desperate for you concerning your financial state. You don't even know if you're going to have food by the end of the month or you'll be able to pay your, your bond. That, that kind of desperation. Now, I know this may be sensitive to you, but I want to say to you, I was in a place once where I was also struggling financially. I really was. There's no shame in it. I want to ask you, if you are that person, please raise your hand for me. Thank you, thank you. Please keep those hands up for us. Please. Can I ask that you please come to the front for me? All of those people. You are that important that the Lord doesn't want to pass you over tonight. You are that significant. 
you are that significant. You've taken the bold move to come out tonight. And I know it's not an easy thing. But God has not passed you by. The first thing that I want to say to you, learn from what I've learned from those who've gone before me. Make sure you give unto God what is God's. You have to, you have to give. It doesn't matter how little you think you have. It is not about the amount, it is about the heart that you give. You have to give to God first, because when you give to God first, you activate Him to come into your finances. That's the first thing. Number two, if there's any resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness in your life, you have to make right with God, all right? You've got to forgive those people and you've got to set them free. 99% of those people who we harbor ill feelings towards are not even aware of the fact of this is what we feel towards them. So you have to set them free. Can I ask the church, please raise your hands towards these people. And you here, raise your hands in faith to the heavens because God sees you. Holy Father God Almighty, Father, we only come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You see the desperate state of these people, Father, and only you can change their circumstances. So tonight we pray as a congregation in oneness, we bring them under this prayer covering, Father, and we ask that in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, that you will remove the stumbling block in their lives that is hindering them from getting a breakthrough. We break that curse of poverty and of lack in the name of Jesus Christ because it is not your will that your children should suffer any form of lack. Father, we release as we've just heard, we've got the keys of heaven to bind and to loose. So tonight we lose the provision, the blessedness, the increase, the abundance, the overflow upon their lives, over their finances in the name of Jesus Christ alone. And yes, Lord, that their faith will be stirred up and that they will come and testify of what God has done for them. This curse of lack is now broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's give God a praise offering for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands to the heavens as we bring this to a close. Holy Father God Almighty, Lord, thank you that Jesus Christ is the living Son of God. Lord, let the world go and see who Christ is for us through our manner of conduct and through what we say, mirroring that which Jesus Christ left us behind as an example. Lord, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of your Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. The Lord God bless you and keep you. The Lord God make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord God lift up His countenance over you and grant you His eternal peace. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray this. And we all agree and we say, Amen. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.